Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, a Jeep Wrangler Twin Review Special Edition. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. What, sorry, uh, so Jeep have come out with a twin Wrangler? New. As you'll remember, we had a Wrangler each. We did. Which is a good way of doing road tests. Dear PR people, we like when this happens, especially when they're fun cars. Yes. <laughs> because Because then, otherwise, one of us feels a bit left out. Sad and upset. <laughs> yes, upset, let down, disappointed, all the usual stuff. Yeah. So anyway, what did we have? So I had a two-door because I don't have thousands of children to carry around. No. And it was the two-liter... Uh, we'll go to all the spec numbers in a bit, but mine was the two-door, two-liter turbo GME. I don't know what GME stands for, to be honest. And it cost £44,865. The one I had came with a couple of options, which you can't get anymore. Well, it had the billet silver metallic paint, which is £775, uh, which you can still get. What you can't get is the JL launch pack. You can get some of the components, but not all of it. And to be honest, the ones you can't get, it, it's actually I would choose the car without them anyway. Uh, the price in the end was £46,940. It's a little bit less than that if you don't go for that JL launch pack because it cost £1,300 and uh, the useful bits out of it cost much less than that. Mm -hmm. It came with a four-cylinder turbo petrol engine, which is a mere uh, 1995cc, but thanks to the wonders of modern technology, put out 272 horsepowers and 400 torques. That was mated to an eight-speed auto box. It emits 198 grams per kilometer of CO2, and it has a claimed combined MPG of 31.4. I've forgotten... There's a little reminder in here that I should tell you how much I got. I, I forgot to take a picture of it before I very sadly handed it back. But it wasn't a million miles off that. I was getting 27, 28 MPG, okay. uh, rocking around relatively locally and with a not particularly uh, light right foot. So pff, near enough. Okay. What did you have, Andrew? Right, so I had the four-door, as you've mentioned, and this was Overland Spec, which came with the 2.2 Multi-Jet 2 diesel engine, which was a four-cylinder turbo. And my on-the-road price was 48365 And whilst this is a test car, it only came with colour tax as an extra of 775 as well, which, okay... I think I got my money's worth more than you did out of that. Uh, and it ended up being uh, £49,140 on the vehicle I tested. So the diesel engine was uh, 2,143 of the cc's, producing a paltry 200 horsepower compared to yours. <laughs> However, I do annihilate you on the old torques with 450 of them. And this was also... Uh, mated up to an eight-speed auto box. CO2 emissions were a smidgen more than yours at 202 grams per kilometre. My official combined MPG was 36.7, apparently. Mm -hmm. I managed to get 33.2, which I was actually quite impressed with how close I got to it. That's pretty good going. Uh, I should have said, by the way, that mine was a Sahara 
one as well. So Sahara sits just below Overland in the, the spec. Overland's a bit more off-road biasy. Okay. Right, so uh, would you like to describe what a Jeep Wrangler is then for anyone who may not know? And I, I, you know what, I think if somebody said draw a Jeep, I reckon anybody could or would recognise this shape. They may yeah. not know it's a Wrangler, but they'd recognise the shape. Yeah, if you said draw a Jeep, then, then it is. What I had was the classic Jeep. Mm. So two doors, spare wheel on the back sat relatively high i didn't have mine was a bit more road biased i think than the overland so i had uh i had sort of road biased tires on it you know it'd still have been decently good off off road but not they're not you know bfgs or anything so yeah it's it's it was a jeep mine had a hard top as well so it was all silver uh, but it was that that squared off that squared off shape that you would recognize and you could quite easily trace right the way back to to world war ii and the the original uh was it quarter ton multi-purpose yeah vehicle uh, there's all the usual stuff the vertical grill the seven with the seven sort of vertical louvers in it but loads of little decals around it, it became a bit of a game to try yes. to spot where they'd <laughs> sneaked in another jeep because they were just everywhere it was fantastic once you started seeing them yeah so there was one in the, the most obvious one was in the uh, what's the stuff that they put round the windscreen that they bake onto it so that the adhesive bonds it? So you know that, and it's normally just got a graduation, and it's become a bit of a thing recently for people to to for for manufacturers to put little sort of jokey things in there, like Jaguar putting little Jaguars. Uh, well, mine had a little Jeep, yes, driving around the bottom right hand corner of the the windscreen. Yep, there was one in the top of the gear stick or gear yep, selector. There was. It was really cute. It was a particularly cute one. A real. Uh, and then there were everywhere. There's all the stuff on the inside of the back door, or all, all that kind of thing. The so loads on of the little Jeeps. alloys as well. There was a little grey painted one on one of the spokes of the alloys. Oh right, okay. Uh, mine. It was in the headlamps as well. There were little jeeps in the headlamps, yeah. and, little, and then of course nods back to the grills. If you use the sat nav, it was a little jeep in the sat nav. Yes, <laughs> it was really sweet. So instead of just being a little arrow. Oh, it yeah. was a little it was a little army green jeep yes. and it was so cute <laughs> so there was lots of that kind of stuff all over we'll, we'll cover some more of that as we yeah, get there yeah i think they they linked back to their heritage but they they big and it time was, it was yeah but it was in a fun way it wasn't hammy <laughs> it wasn't you know just saying yes of course this is where we've come from it made you smile even when it start the the startup uh, screen between the two you know everywhere it kept telling you 19 i've now forgotten what year it was it comes up with the year mm. everywhere and it, until it, it sort of pretty much drummed into your in in into your head which is now left mine i think it's 1942 isn't it that's bad sounds that right mm. so it just just appears all over the place but it's it was just that kind of stuff was 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 nice. Other than that, it, it's what you'd expect. So it's, uh, I mean, mine, as I say, was a little bit more on a bit, little less off road bias in the final spec. So I think my wheels are less aggressive than yours. Yeah, I think I had slightly chunkier tread. I think you had you had proper chunky off road tires. I think you had BF Goodrich ATs, um, whereas mine was, was something slightly less, slightly less aggressive. The two-door, and I'll let Andrew talk about the four-door in just a second, the two-door is actually really a very compact car. You end up in the same situation where people go, ooh, big off-roader. 
uh, which I used to have when I'd veer across. People say, oh, it's big off-road. And you go, well, no, actually, it's about 10 centimeters shorter than a Golf. Uh, and sure enough, the Wrangler is about 10 centimeters shorter than a Mark 7 Golf, although it's about nine centimeters wider than a Mark 7 Golf, uh, not including the, the mirrors and stuff. So, and How many feet taller? Uh, it's not much. Uh, so, no, I know. On. They're not outrageously it's tall, only but they are taller. 400. It's about a foot taller. The Jeep is 1839 millimeters, uh, whereas as opposed to 1452 for a Golf Mark 7. Mm-hmm. Isn't that impressive that I have the numbers to hand for once? <laughs> it's like you're prepared or something. Everyone's it's not accustomed to this. almost like I'm prepared. I know. <laughs> I'm not, anyway. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I wrote some numbers on a piece of paper, mostly because I saw that Mr. Clues had declared that the two, the two-door was a really big vehicle. And I was like, no, no, it isn't. But the four-door, I think, is... That is that is quite large. I think what helps with the perception of that these are large vehicles, even though they're not mega tall, uh, and that's the thing that surprised me. I, I thought they'd be taller, but they're not tall. But I think that has something to do with the quite narrow glazing area from, mm. the, from the shoulder line up to the roof is not that far. But uh, they've got big wheel arches and they've got Big is not quite the right word. Huge bumpers, particularly up Pro- front. Pronounced the front one. What the heck's up with the front one? There was like a there was like a bumper and then a bumper on front of the bumper. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if it's something to do with. I think it must be to do to get it far enough past those front wings for for US uh, crash regs um, and stuff. To be honest, what I would do very early on in owning one of these is remove the front bumper and replace it with a, a, a winch bumper or something, which is actually just a little bit more compact mm. um, and a little bit neater because it's it's a bit, it's a pretty pronounced chin there. I mean, I've got a picture of that little, the little pink fluffy thing that lives in, in Johnny the Ares sitting on the front. Yeah. Because I didn't have a, that was it, because I didn't have a groundhog. <laughs> Gives you an idea of how long we've had the, the, when we had these. We had these when the the Super Bowl was on, and the so. floods, and the floods everywhere. Perfect, perfect yes. vehicles for that. It was, it was. So, uh, what color did you say you had yours in again? Well, mine was billet silver metallic. Okay, so which is which was a a sort of mid gray silver, so it was slightly dark. But what it was was it was very, it was a really deep silver i know this sound, that sounds silly i know but it was it it seemed to have a lot of layers on it it was it, it just describes it as metallic but it really really did um if when the it light popped, was did it? right it really kind of popped and absorbed and, and sort of it just had a lot of depth to it okay well i had the granite crystal which was a very dark metallic gray uh, again uh, it, when the sun shone, those those brief moments when we had it, it was a lovely colour, I thought, and I think it suited the vehicle very well. And, and I think that helped. You know, so black is such a flattering colour to the larger frame. <laughs> I think that this dark grey helped that. But I do know that there were other options out there. One of them was black, which is, you know, black. Bright white, that's white. Which is the only colour without a colour tax, by the way. Yes. Firecracker red, which is red. Then they had sting grey, which was slightly darker than the billet. Billet. I think. It was was more grey than silver. Yeah. 
then there's Mojito, which is... I, I quite like the look of this colour. I'm not sure whether I'd be brave enough to own one. It's It screams... it To me, it screams 1990 Suzuki Vitara. Or you've got to be in California or, or, or something like yeah, that. If, if you live somewhere sunny, this would really... Um, hmm really be uh, a cracking colour but it's it's like a it's not quite lightish it's a lightish metallic green yeah yeah bright it's, it's a bit green. yeah it's I don't want to say it's teal because it's not teal no 90s ta- but it is a bit 90s tastic yeah yeah then there's pumpkin metallic which is metallic orange very much orange I've seen them in this colour and they're fantastic yes there's one local to us again in, in, in the right light brilliant near us uh there's ocean blue which is a lovely metallic mid blue if you wanted something a bit different but still a bit safe i think that's quite a nice color uh, and then there's the hella yellow which is yellow oh so very much yellow <laughs> you're going more mindy in that one yes <laughs> the split between those so they're either 675 pounds or 775 pounds i couldn't work out why there was the split uh, because even some of the flatter colours, like the the red uh, and the black, are six hundred and seventy-five. Uh, but then some of the metallics are that, and some of the metallics are seven seventy-five. So who knows? Do, do, do. Uh, what else we said about the wheels? Uh, Eighteen-inch mine were two five five seventy R eighteen tires on it. As I say, it was uh, the standard size. They they didn't. It looked a little bit undertired. I would maybe have preferred ones that were a bit bigger, but there were benefits to having these ones. Uh, as we'll we'll find out whenever we get to the driving, I think. Mm-hmm. And removable hard tops. I did try to remove. I did remove part of the hard top on mine. Did you remove part of the hard top on yours? I took off the panel over the driver's seat and then went. Yes, I could take that off and put it back on again because the All weather right. was grim. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I, I could guys, take uh, the, the back off. I could have taken the back off if I'd had someone there to help me and somewhere mm. to put. <laughs> put it afterwards well, I, I had a similar challenge with the back and the fact that it was actually really quite windy and it was february meant that i didn't but i did take both panels off and drive around like that for about 45 minutes before i decided that actually it was quite cold and <laughs> blustery particularly and that i was just going to put the roof back on again but it was quite fun sort of sort of driving around a bit of a razor on whatever no it was it was fun it was it was great mm-hmm so the interior andrew yeah i i want to start before going to the boot i just want to start that the four door was really dark on the inside there was lots of black on black with black and actually i'm being a bit harsh i need to remember that there was some white stitching to the leather to lift the mood of the interior but not enough but what did i think what really didn't help it We've I've talked about the small glazing areas, but they they were really heavily tinted on the side and the back as well. Ah, and that, you see mine, yeah, that wouldn't help. You see mine, the rear windows and stuff weren't particularly heavily tinted, and as well as that, because mine was a lighter colour than all the metal that was inside yeah. was silver. And not only that, but I actually had as part of the launch pack the McKinley leather upholstery. McKinley is a sort of I think calling it beige would be generous. Uh, I think it's a, a, a um, it's a little bit like a sort of unwell dog poo, sort of oh, yellowy colour. <laughs> I, I just really did not warm to that. And I, to be honest, I wouldn't have leather 
and I wouldn't have beige in this. I would have the black cloth myself. Okay. So whilst it did lift the seat, seat the you know the the color inside, I think choosing a bright outside. Uh, exterior color actually influences quite a lot of your interior color choice as well yeah because i've seen pictures of a red uh the the red firecracker red uh mm. interior ones and just having those just a little sliver of the metal that you see around the door frames and stuff like that it just helps lift the inside plus also the panel in front of the pass front passenger could be swapped out for a colored panel if you went down that line in some specs I, I had a leather one which just matched all the rest of the mm. of the dark leather. Personally, I'd stick with the leather seats because I've got the smaller people and it's just easier to clean down. So I agree with you, though. That it, looking out through the windscreen is really quite... Uh, am I jumping to the front when we should be at the back? No, no, it's okay. Do that because we... Okay. Do that bit, then we'll get to the boot. Don't worry. Okay. So, but looking out through the windscreen, I, I can totally see what the, you mean about it being a bit like a pillar box because it's completely flat windscreen and it's, and it's quite close to you. Yeah. Everything's so vertical mm. and, and it's very close to you. It's very vertical. And I sort of found myself doing a little bit of a Mr. Magoo type driving position. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. And I did the same, <laughs> but I do the same, did the same with, uh, I do the same with minis as well for a similar reason and you've got this kind of cozy in there and you sort of lean forward a little bit and i, I quite liked it uh, yeah it was almost like a bit I of a pillbox and you're sort of going oh i'm yeah. just having a little peek around and you um, sort of but peek it, out it felt around, quite it was... old school because it because of the verticality and because of the, the 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 narrowness of the glazing i just felt oh this this really does hark back to an older age of of driving somewhat yeah yeah, it did, and, it, it and did. that didn't put me off. I didn't. That's not a bad thing by any stretch of the imagination. But it just it was different compared to a lot of modern cars, where the the window slopes from behind your head that, down that, towards the bonnet, and there's lots of glass. Naturally, I kept making very cross relationships yeah. in my mind, where of course it looked like you know it was it was car style rake of the windscreen and stuff, and 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 so it was completely different to the sort of hey, it looks like a spaceship um and, and feels a bit like a spaceship at times yeah uh, approach to that anyway shall we move to the boot yes let's go through the very convoluted way in which we can open the boot <laughs> i know it was yeah well there was oh yeah yeah it was more convoluted for me than it was for you no because well was... no it was because you found a way around it by not yeah, bothering did, yeah. to use it at all <laughs> well that's not true that's not true do you want to ex explain how you open the boot on one of these? Yeah, so on, on the the boot is a split uh, tailgate. So you've got glazing on the top and you have the solid metal part uh, on the bottom, roughly half when it comes to the boot. Yeah, and the spare wheel is mounted on the bottom half. It is. So you have to open the metal lower part out the way first before you can, or significant enough of the way out of the way to then lift the glazing bit. You can't just lift the glazing bit, chuck something in, shut it down, and move on. Which would be really, really convenient, but the spare wheel's in the way. Yes, because it sticks up so much. Yeah. And fine, because it's just a glazing bit as well, I mean, I suppose it's an extra bit of security. There's no one just like, prizes the glass open and gets in. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's the way you have to deal with it. You... I found myself 
choosing to put shopping in behind the front passenger seats and stuff well, rather than go to the boot. Yeah, I did that a bit. The other thing is that whilst I've said, you know, it's really quite compact, by the time you've got to open the door, oh, thing, yeah. you know, to actually put it in a parking space, especially for the long wheelbase. I mean, I. Because the door's two thirds of the width. Yeah, yeah, at least. Yeah. yeah. So it's, you know, if you really want to get something large in there, it's a bit awkward because I, at one point, had to take a, a car wheel to get a new tyre fitted. I folded up the back seats. I found this is one of the few cars I found that I wouldn't reverse into a parking. Yeah, that place. was what I found too. I would I would go fr- nose in first, and then because I was high enough, and this thing was quite imposing, people would actually stop even in car parks, which is was back in the days when we were out and about was such a rare thing. Yeah, it's why they it's why the ones that we had both came with rear cross path detection. Yes. That's why you need to spec that, people. It's so that you can reverse out of parking spaces, and and it'll and it'll detect the smaller people who might be or things that might be trapped behind cars. But once you're in, I mean, with the rear seats up in mind, there was room for a couple of bags of shopping, but nothing much else. I ended up just folding the back seats up. Mm-hmm. If it had been my own vehicle, I would just take them. I don't think I would ever leave them in because getting to them, I mean, it was all right for you. You had a second set of doors on the side, yeah. but getting to them was like, it was like you're getting into a jungle gym. The front seat doesn't really fold very much. I mean, it's better than the seats in my own car in, in all, you know, in all fairness. But you've openly said you don't, you don't carry ever carry that many people that you need to move those. <laughs> yeah. It's such a pain, but uh, you know, so the, the seat doesn't really, return very well uh, and to clamber in you had to get in and then there was just this tiny little bench for two people which comes halfway up their back you, you wouldn't want to go very far in the back of one of these anyway no. and i say that as someone who when he was little his parents had a suzuki sj410 as the family car so yeah <laughs> i traveled done many years in the back of that i can say you you know the jeep was better than that obviously but you still wouldn't want people to be in the back very often so i would just have lifted them out frankly and then most normal stuff would just to get sort of as andrew said drop behind the front passenger seat mm. uh, i think which is weird because i'm very much a boot user you know some people don't use the boot much for little things i always put stuff in the boot but that comes from mx5 ownership days yeah, yeah. so with the seats down how much space have you got in the back oh pardon me uh, fi- according to your notes 598 liters Excellent. Which is plenty of room for a spare wheel from something else. Yeah. And uh, there's there's loads of room. The only trouble with that is that people can kind of see in and see what's there. So I think I would probably up the tint on the back windows uh, if it was if it was mine, just for security and to defend against nosiness. Well, I, I can tell. I'll, I'll find out what the tint was on mine and pass it on. <laughs> yeah, rather because I want to bling in. The, the, the blinging drug dealer windows in it but i do that to my own three-door cars anyway so mm. yeah so, yeah but what about the what about the the four the four door because you've got pretty much as big a boot with the rear seats up yeah as i do with the rear seats down it was a decent size it was 400 at uh, five oh, i can't even read probably 548 liters with the seats up and if you got the seats down in the back it was 1059 that's not bad I just to see that the seats would quickly fold and stuff, um, but that that was it. Well, mine, by the way, was super easy. You just pulled 
pulled one lever and lifted the thing and, and it was up. Then you had to sort of clip it. They had to take the straps and clip it in place. Otherwise, you're driving along and it goes clunk, clunk, clunk off the back of the driver's seat. And that's very annoying. Yeah. Uh, but if you do it properly, as it says in the manual, it's rem- it works perfectly. Mm. Yeah, and the, and the boot space in the back, um, I, I don't think there was a curry hook, actually. But there was lots of hooks for netting and stuff like that. And there was a little mm-hmm. little bit of underfloor storage that you do. You could chuck a, a, a bottle right. of wine or something. I, I didn't. I had a subwifter in there instead. No. Which was great. Um, be- great for the pumping tunes. No, no. Uh, we didn't need that because we had the nine speakers dotted around, most of them clinging onto the roll bars in the back. Yeah, oh, I had some of those. But I also, I also had a waterproof subwoofer. All right. So even if it got rained upon, it was fine, cool. supposedly, according to the sticker. I didn't test it. No. We should maybe speak to the people who, on the launch, drove the drove one of these with no roof and the window down and then went through one of the most torrential rainstorms that the locals had seen for some time. Really? Yes. <laughs> Never mind, huh? They were a tad moist by the end of it. <laughs> I can imagine, yes. <laughs> this would be a great idea. It never rains in this part of Italy. Uh-oh. <laughs> right, let's move to the rear passenger area because we've we've talked a little bit about that. In the four door, there is a a, a smidgen of uh, a transmission tunnel that impacts in the area. Hardly anything at all. I think it's best to think of it really as a barrier for all the flotsam and jetsam that small people will just deposit on the floor rather than put back in a bag say or not just Mm. drop on the floor so you've got smaller areas containing this stuff that you can go in with a you know a wet vac and clean later oh nice (laughs) (laughs) sounds like the voice of experience i'm just not going to ask but you said that the rear bench in the two-door was nothing much it was much better as one would expect in the four-door. It was two proper seats with a three-quarter seat in the middle. And that oh, wow. was that was a flat seat as well in the middle because the two outer ones were slightly sculpted. And that was a flat one in the middle, which meant that you know you could actually sit there for a fair amount of time. Mm-hmm. That, that was no problem at all. One thing to note, though, if you have a family, particularly if you use a, a front-facing uh, child seat, the rear headrests don't come out or I could not find a way to get them oh, okay. out. So the back and the top of the the car seat would be slightly leaning forward because the headrests are slightly proud of the back of the seat. Oh, okay. So by the time the top of the, the car seat reaches them, so it's slightly more vertical, perhaps slightly leaning, more than you would expect. But that's just like everybody else. That just makes uh, them match everybody else in there, surely. <laughs> well, you sort of slouch with your shoulders, don't you, and stuff where this, because it's a hard, rigid seat, mm-hmm. you're already further upright. I think that's one of those that you need to take the seat with you to try out if you've got a family and just see, is that a deal breaker or not? It wasn't for us because it was only minimal. Um, mm-hmm. To be fair, we didn't actually do a seven-hour journey in it to go somewhere, so I don't know. But just traveling around normally, it wasn't wasn't a problem. Curious, the back of the one in mine was slightly different. So I had two air vents. They had two USB ports and two USB-C ports as well. What, on your cubby hole? Uh, my, the back of my cubby and... Uh, 150 watt, 230 volt plug. All right, okay. 
So a proper indoors plug. So, uh, so that went that. into the because that would be feeding possibly the boot area as well. Possibly, yes. I actually can't remember if there was a a twelve volt socket in the boot of mine. I'm just looking at a picture of mine because I can't remember now. Now I've said that to you, I cannot remember. That's exterior, interior. Um, no, I don't believe there was. There were. Oh yes, there were in the boot of mine. There is more connection. Mm-hmm. Points, charging points. So that that will be. Boot yeah. of mine mostly had places to stow the cables, the cables for the hard top that sort of lead up to the rear wiper and wash wipe and all yes, that. Yes, I, kind ha- of I had those. Yeah. There's there were little bits where you could just unplug it and then plug it into the little receivers, which I thought again really nice detail, really yeah. cute. I liked that a lot. The being able to deal with it whilst taking parts off was very cleverly thought through mm-hmm. i thought yeah the soon some real real checks on that sorry i found my picture of the boot and I, it did have a 12 volt socket as well oh, okay right well you could have worked from the front seat i could have i could have instead i just took it to starbucks because that's what jeep owners really do mm. well the yeah. back of the cubby box for the four door also had the electric window controls because all the ah. electric window controls were not on the doors because I know yes. that that is an option in the US. You can take the doors off. You can take the doors off and you can get little uh, frame doors instead. And, of course, people, you can do that here too, which that's one thing. I mean, in, in the front as well. Uh, so you're, the, it kept catching me out that the, uh, that the electric window switches were in the, in the, in the dashboard and not in the, yeah. and, and not on the doors. Yeah. That was a weird one to get my head around. Okay. So how was it up front for you? This was one of the areas of the car I was expecting to not be very good at all. Okay. Okay. Is that uh, my from experience American... of Land Rover Discoveries? Oh, okay. Uh, well, yes, that too. But my my experience of you know Land Rover uh, Discovery, I meant Defender. Pardon yeah. me. Where the fact that it was just ruddy uncomfortable mm. with the the B pillar against my shoulder and all that kind of stuff. None of that issue. I mean, it, everything, as we've said a couple of times, was very, very vertical, and some stuff was a wee bit of a stretch. Hmm. Uh, but it was really nicely done, and it was really nicely done with a sense of humour, which I, I wasn't expecting. So, sure, you've got that, that vertical dashboard, but it was all soft touch. Hmm. It was all like, a, and lots of it, like around the, the touch. Um yeah, eight-inch screen and stuff in the middle for the CarPlay, the Android Auto, and and all the just music and and some other stuff as well, which we'll talk about under tech. Then that was it, and it was all styled like a like a G-Shock. Yes, which was really cool. It, none of it was tinny. None of it at that point was tinny plastic or any of that sort of just built in the cheapest way possible way that you would expect from the US. No, it it did not feel like a cliche. American interior around there at all in any no. shape or form. And, and to be honest, I didn't think any it. of it felt like that. No, uh, front seats were a bit flat, but yeah, heck, what do you expect? Yeah, you know, again, Nurburgring lap times not really high on the use case. No, or shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> well, it shouldn't be. Not really. I don't, mine could have made a pretty. No, it wouldn't have made a decent fist of it. It's fine on the straights. But the steering wheel was was kind of chunky and kind of kind of funky, sort of three spoke job. Then behind that, you've got two 
again very flat dials obviously rev counter and speedo and then a really nice uh, little screen in between which was good at, at, at calling up trip details uh what you're playing on the stereo uh i used mine's digital speedo most of the yeah. time that seemed to be the the setup that it that it and i were happiest with uh it did route guidance it did all that kind of stuff as well just as you'd expect in a proper modern car yep again the middle usual heating vent hvac controls uh volume knob always a vertical icon result uh <laughs> and <laughs> yeah and it was it was great uh there's some buttons to to turn driving aids on and off uh, electric window controls um uh, uh 12 volt 12 volt points and again media connection points i had USB-C in mine as well uh there so it's worth mentioning that because that's still unusual uh, and then in the middle there was a traditional two lever uh setup i again i loved the shift knob on that it was this kind of round knob jeep icon on the top and a big red button on the front which it was your yeah. sort of security interlock and it was a proper clunk 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 you felt you were engaging the drive mm. you wanted you there was a definite oh this hasn't accidentally slipped into it i've not pushed i've not rotated a dial a little bit no, no it was it's, junk it's, i have put this perfect. even though it was an automatic which i thought was a good trick to pull off mm. well you can push left and uh They've just taken a new box and made it feel like an old one. Um, and then you can push left, and then you could manual it up and down as well, should you have desired. I don't think I did desire at any point. And obviously, the, the, the stubby transfer case lever with five positions in it. Uh, you could have two high where it automatically four high pardon auto where it just sits there and, and decides whether it's going to be two or four, depending on what's happening with all the wheels. You could have four high part time four drive which actually just meant that the center diff is unlocked but there was trying to put drive everywhere uh neutral and then four low if you pulled it right back and and you know you were stopped mm. i think everything else you could shift between um when you were on the fly but certainly between the two and the four high yeah i tried all the settings but in the end for just driving around i left it in the auto selector so did i because that did that did what i needed it to do to be honest because mine was was quite sparky and a short wheelbase which makes it can be a little bit more of a handful um i left it in four high auto just so that i had the security and and sort of lessen the chance of brown trouser moments uh four low, trying to say that you were foreseeing you know so one of your driving habits possibly <laughs> kicking catching in. up with me yeah because <laughs> of course too high is rear wheel drive so rear wheel drive short wheelbase vehicle slightly off-road bias tires roads in february yeah yeah it's better than doing the phone call of shame yes <laughs> uh center company by the way has another usb port in it yeah a little coin tray at the top as well yes yeah or, i wasn't going to go into that pens or whatever one thing is that there is you know underneath the hard tops there is a whole set of roll bars yeah as well there is a full sort of roll cage back there in both of them, I mean, I had the nine-speaker Alpine setup, and there were sort of uh, the the speakers were, were sort of mounted up there, yep. rather than down below, which is quite good, quite clever, really, because it means that they'll never get all sort of water puddling in them. Mm. Yeah, and they they yeah. thump out a decent base. It was it was actually quite a cozy cozy and fun place to be. I I quite yeah. Again, I was 
My one just thought it was nice criticism, and I, I'm not alone in this because I've seen other people mention this before. The driver footwell was very narrow. There was nowhere to leave my left foot. It had to stay quite bent. I couldn't straighten it out. So Is that the best token interior grape we can come up with? Well, for me, that might... Because I get a lot of pain in my left knee after a while if I can't stretch it out. So for me, that would be literally a pain <laughs> to mm. live with for long. And I was, I'd, I'd seen people mention it before, and I thought, oh, it can't be that bad. And then sort of got in there, and I was like, oh, okay, right. There really is nowhere for this foot to go. It stays where it stays until I, until I need it again. <laughs> oh, I hadn't really thought of that. Oh, can I? Before I forget, can I give a special mention, by the way, to the key? <laughs> yes. Which, which was, I mean, it wasn't as big as a BMW Mutanto key, but it was a fairly chunky, waterproof thing. Uh, again. Casio G-Shock type influences, lots of rugged and off-road and uh, and stuff. So it's pretty cracking. Yes. Lifestyle. More extreme lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, how did you find your, your slow uh, diesel? My slow diesel that wasn't that slow. Basically, I drove it generally going... <laughs> Or sorry, was that or was that? It was not fear. It was enjoyment, laughing. It was, uh, or at at the very worst, I was just grinning like a Cheshire cat, because whilst we are not talking sport car dynamic, and no, I I hope no one would expect that from from this vehicle, or even not with two live axles anyway. No. No. Independent suspension, yeah, bloody commies. <laughs> so it drove along fine because you you weren't trying to be silly in it. Although there was one time that I I wasn't trying to be silly, but I did actually floor it coming onto a roundabout that went up a hill, and I suddenly went, "Oh, the back end steps out a little bit." Fine, okay. I mean, it caught itself very quickly, and we we sped up the uh, the uh, the ramp, but. It was. Uh, I was like, uh, "Oh, that's nice." I got. I didn't expect that in a diesel. <laughs> yes, my. I I nailed it off the line a few times because it was fun to do so and it made a great noise. And uh, certainly, mine did not to sixty in seven point three seconds, which is shifting. Decent. You know, it, that's a decent shift on. That's a reasonable hot hatch, mm. uh, which surprised the heck out of others because, of course, they can pull up and go, oh, I won't be away before that lumbering 4 before, And then you sort of nail it and it sort of whoosh, off it goes. That's another reason for leaving it in uh, the 4 auto, by the way, <laughs> is that it sorts out all the traction at these points. And the gearbox, super slick 8-speeder. Nice slick. I didn't catch it out. There was a couple of times... Uh, where I was moving up through the range and then I, I was suddenly asking it to go back down and it got a little bit slow on that. But basically, the, I thought the gearbox was really good. You could, uh, on times like that, You early on in, in the week, I had a couple of times like that and I, and I foxed it. And then gradually I learned how to drive it properly. Yeah. I, I mean, mine zipped along quite nicely, obviously. And, you know, conservation momentum is 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 great because that's what, I do and kind of how I drive. And, but there were a couple of times when there was a bit, when I forgot. And I was glad that mine was on, on the slightly more road-biased tyres than yours. Mm. And and so most of the time it was really pretty good. I mean, it, it, it wasn't exactly handling, 
but it was and it wasn't it wasn't handling finesse but it could get you from a to b quite uh quite uh, without being silly you could hold speed reasonably yeah it i i found it would cope with the way i chose to drove it perfectly fine mm-hmm. and i wasn't crawling along at 20 mile an hour or anything like that you know i was doing you would reasonable speeds on the uh, within the speed limit on the right on those whatever road i was on now, it's worth mentioning i never took it on the motorway i did by the way i i didn't take it on the motorway i just didn't have need or time uh that that week sadly i was i was mostly here i'd really wanted an excuse to take it to to take it to london because i think it would have been a fantastic car for driving in and out of london well uh, just on that, I'll go back to the motorway first. It will surprise no one that it was a little bit noisy, it being so boxy, and mine having the slightly more off-roady tyres. And the, mm. with and you add to that the the big wing mirrors and things like that. And once once I was at the set speed, the engine wasn't intrusive. But getting there to get up to motorway speed to try and join the motorway safely. There was mm-hmm. a little bit of noise from the engine, as one would expect. And then you just... Yeah, it was, of course it's a little bit louder than a two-door sleek coupe that's double-glazed and everything, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's got the... I mean, the top speed out of all that, 270 brake horsepower, top speed of 110 miles an hour for mine. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I didn't have an urge to take it on the motorway either. I don't, And I'm sure it would have been just fine. I could have set the cruise control at 70. It would have been quite happy. It would have been perfectly adequate. It would probably have fairly hit the fuel consumption. But um, Cruise control was, is, is a decent cruise control in the Jeep as well. Yeah. So it's, no. it's not a bad one. It's not an overly um, overly dramatic mm-hmm. or, or cautious. With, oh, yeah. look, I can see a car three miles ahead. I shall start taking my foot off the oh Christ now I have to step in it didn't do any of that oh okay because so. mine I didn't have the uh, I didn't have the adaptive cruise I just had standard cruise on mine yeah not but that I u- not that I used it but. but but driving it round town it was great because people would let you out it's yeah, one of those cars that people would let you out and sp- it was almost like people were smiling when they saw it I also found that of course being the short wheelbase I, I had an excellent turning circle it really was. It could just go wee and bull right round because, you know, I didn't, there wasn't that much car behind me. When you're driving it, you're actually sitting in the middle. There's lots of bonnet and not a huge amount behind you. It's a bit like driving a two seat roadster from that point of view. And that's where you've got to be careful that you don't get carried away <laughs> because you're in the middle as well. And that also stops it feeling too, too jiggly and jumpy because, of course, you're in the middle and that's not moving up and down as much. On yeah. The road. yeah. Thanks. No. It was again. It's another area where I was expecting it to be complete guff, and it was fantastic. It wasn't fantastic, but it was great. It exceeded expectations. <laughs> so come on, tech-wise, there's obviously you know this being a rugged off-roader type vehicle. There's going to be tons of tech, just dripping with tech, isn't there? Well, there's the usual stuff. There's CarPlay's Android Auto. You could also download off-road apps and maps in it. There's there's a whole sort of online Jeep store for that kind of stuff uh, if if you want. Mm-hmm. As standard, there's all the usual virtual gauges that you would expect: um, altimeter, inclinometer, tilt, 
Uh, and all there's all sort of funky, cool visualizations of which diffs are locking and which bits tightened up and where the traction's going and what the car's doing. So there's lots of cool stuff like that to watch when you're at low speed or going around a car park. Uh, sorry, when you're off road. Because uh, I wasn't off-road either, because all the uh, lanes are closed around. Here. Yeah, that was too wet for me. Although yeah. it felt like it was off-road on some of the roads I drove down. Yeah, well, that's 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 very true. Um, so no, I was on a couple of couple of gravelly tracks, and that was it. And, and nowhere that I I couldn't or shouldn't go legally. There is also Park Sense, yes, front and rear, uh, which also has a, a sort of stopping ability, so it'll try and stop you running into fences and walls and things mm-hmm. uh and then there's park view reverse camera with grid which was blooming useful yes as always because i'm very lazy but mostly because you've got a why was it useful the reason it was useful for me was because i had uh, one broken car another car and this all on my driveway which means that to fit three cars on my drive you have to be a bit of a whiz at getting the cars about two inches away from each other if that far in some cases uh, so hence the reverse camera was particularly useful because this went at the top of the drive and i could just get all four wheels onto the onto my drive and off the everything else yeah also if you're looking out the back if you're reversing and you're looking through the rear window you've got that tire obscuring that, a portion the of the glass so you you lose just how close something is behind you and as we say, the, the bumpers tend to stick out further than you're expecting. <laughs> Especially at the front, yeah. So uh, the, the, it was, it, again, it was, it, that tech is not essential, but it does make your life so much easier. Well, it did in my case, yeah. yeah. yeah it, meant, it, meant, it just meant that stuff wasn't sticking right out into the road at the time. What else is a blind spot monitoring, real cross path detection, auto headlamps, rain sensors, tire pressure monitoring, cruise control, and speed limiters. Yep. All the stuff that you'd expect. Yeah, but it's, it's well enough spec. Yeah. Nothing outstandingly yeah. outstanding, but well enough spec. Yeah. Agreed. So, verdict, in case anybody is without a clue as to how much we enjoyed these? Because I think we've sort of given the game away fairly early on. <laughs> I I would have, to be honest, I was all up for confessing right at the start that I absolutely adored this. I expected it to be, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. And, you know, it's good, but, it's good, but, it's good, but. No, I don't feel that I had that at all. I just loved how much character it had. Mm. I thoroughly enjoyed driving it, not for the... I thoroughly enjoyed driving it for what it is and what it's good at. And I was constantly surprised by stuff like some of the nice bits about where you, when you're taking the top off, there's places to plug stuff in. So stuff, things aren't just jangling around or getting water in them and stuff that there's the tension to detail right the way through this thing. And it's a Jeep. You do not expect, I just wasn't expecting the attention to detail. That surprised me. Clearly the design team and the engineering team has put into, even when you open the back door, and there's there's little diagrams of the two door and the four door with the the approach on engra- it's almost engraved or etched on metal isn't it yeah the uh, yeah exactly it is actually it is it i think it's screen printed onto aluminium um but it's or, or stainless and it was but it's the approach and departure and breakover angles the wading depth all these kind of nice little things the fact that it says it's made in toledo all over the place and it just gives it 
character and life and that it's because we've got to remember in america these are properly used in them their wilds well they're probably using them their worlds here too so an extent yeah but, but yeah uh, yeah but most of them in this country will not do that though will they not a lot i mean there are not going to be that many of them to be honest no there isn't but, yeah there isn't but but it's but you could i know i mean there was a badge on the side that said trail rated i could take this on the oregon trail I mean, i'd be more likely to take it along strata florida which isn't particularly tricky but a bit wet but i know that it's one of these cars where you know that you can mm. and i was expecting to make apologies for the fact that i could do the oregon trail in it so it wasn't very quick off the lights it wasn't very comfortable it wasn't any of these things and it being like a i find defenders I still dislike the him. old Defender. We have to old make defender. very clear because we have not been anywhere near a new Defender Nearly yet. Nobody has been near a new Defender yet. Now, there's a few who've shouted very loudly about the Defenders they've been near. Fair dues to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that that's true. But the the UK launch has been delayed, cancelled, whatever. Yeah. What about you, Andrew? Sorry, I've waffled lots on this. I, I agree wholeheartedly with what you said, and, and I loved it. I mm. really did. I hoped I would because I've got fond childhood memories of a of a Jeep, because my mum had a CJ, uh, whichever number it was, in bright orange when uh, we lived in America. And fond, fond memories of things we got up to with it, places we went, um, mm -hmm. just, an, just an awesome vehicle. It's, if you're looking for a modern car or modern SUV, there are a, one or two little flaws. But you know that. If, if you're not prepared to accept them, you you wouldn't even be in the dealership. No. You wouldn't even be clicking on the website. I think, I think if website. you go in there and you're expecting a brand new modern SUV, which is drives like a car, you're not, you, you've not done your homework. Uh, yeah. I, I think there's a, a point to be made along that, by the way, which is that I think that the Sahara is a, uh, if I was buying it, I would buy it. This is one of these times where what I would do and what is the sensible thing to do are two completely different things. Oh, one of those times. Yeah, another one of those times. Yeah, that's more like it. Thank you. <laughs> if you're sensible, you buy the Sahara spec for, is the right one for most people if you're going for it because it is that it's, – it's not Barbie Jeep spec with tiny little wheels and silliness, but it's – and. Uh, and that makes it more capable on the road. Mm -hmm. But I know that if I were to buy one, I would end up with Overland because the first thing I would want is all the silly tires. Not and... the Rubicon? Oh, maybe I had Rubicon. you down as a Rubicon man myself. <laughs> oh, maybe I'm a Rubicon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With all the off-road gear. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, and I would have ended up with that because the thing is, I know that no matter what spec I bought, then I would always end up fitting the sodding stuff later anyway. Yeah. So I would I would just try and cut out the cut out the middleman and the aftermarket. But the Sahara is actually quite a sensible spec to buy. It, it's got enough. It's got all the stuff you need and none of the stuff you don't. Mm -hmm. Well, within thirty seconds of getting in it, Mrs. Crackwing's screen declared her love for it, and that did not falter for a week. Yeah, that's that's pretty. That that and there is no greater praise, everyone. No, the kids every time we went to school or I picked them up from school, won the car bingo. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it was. It's big. It's slightly ridiculous, 
but I loved it and I loved the the fun that was in it that the the little little touches that made it just made you smile and and I thought well done because this is it's not a cheap vehicle even on the monthlies this isn't a cheap vehicle no by the way it comes in a slightly cheaper than a than a new defender mm-hmm. it is not for its market it is a bit niche within that market I would, but, love, I, but I think it's competitively priced. I would if, love uh, to take a new defender up against this. And s- the mags will do it. So see quickly. which one I prefer because they are the closest things to each other. Now they are. Th- those I put quite a lot of thought into this. Yes, yes, they are. Uh, and I'd and I'd love to see who who did which bits better, mm-hmm. and, and overall which one one but, would prefer. What's curious is, of course, of course. New Defender, and I know we're really supposed to be speaking about the Wrangler here, but the New Defender has essentially skipped a couple of generations. Yeah. It's if you imagine like going from the original Mini to the Izigo to the first Frank Stevenson BMW Mini, there's like two generate two entire at least generations have been skipped. Uh, I think that that's a similar thing that's happened here, whereas the Wrangler has evolved its way through. I mean, there have been times when that evolution has stalled quite a bit. Mm. It would be interesting to see who's executed it better for their target market, which is people who are who want to take something off-road but still want uh, comfort and they want stuff to work and they... and but and, <laughs> Sorry. Oh, but you know, you know what I mean. It's, it's got to it's got to be able to put up with some with Come some on. punishment, but not not. And I'm not saying oh, you've got to be able to hose out the interior because that's 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 a nonsense argument. I wouldn't even do it in this. I no. mine had carpets. Yes, yeah, so okay. carpets and stuff like that. So there are ele- there are a certain level of creature comforts in this thing, but it it is also capable of doing stuff properly off-road or going and and taking you somewhere a bit more extreme than a a grassy bank while you get Mm -hmm. a mountain bike out and go through a wood you know it's it's a bit more than that yeah sorry are you expecting me to disagree with you no 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 but that that's what that's what i'd really like to put to the test but to to round out because we we are only talking about what the the jeep wrangler does but to round it out it, it it's a car i think more for the heart than the head and I want one. Total agreement there. You don't get that very often from us, do you? That does not happen often on this one, even on twin tests. <laughs> no. No. No, I loved it. I did. Anyhow, folks, don't forget that between now and the next time, you give us any feedback, share your thoughts for the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Uh, please don't forget to leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. Andrew, if people have questions for you, what's the best way to get in touch? best way to get in touch is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you should find me there. And if people would like to get in touch and know exactly how good this two-door was off the line whilst racing, not racing, but driving away from perhaps more startled... Making progress, Andrew. More startled drivers who thought they had you. What's the best way for them to do that? Oh, Twitter as ever, where I'm at AJP Bradley, B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. We'll be back uh, before very long, but until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring.